The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. A little less than uh, 40 minutes away, Barry Alvarez will join us. We welcome in Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how we doing? Doing well. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. I am all right. I'm, I'm ready to see some football Saturday. Uh, ready to see uh, how healthy uh, Casey Thompson is. Oh, I thought you were talking about like Michigan, Illinois. Well, that <laughs> wow, <laughs> that could work too. That could that's just going to be You're demolition ready to see derby. On Lincoln, all right, thank you. Yeah, no, I know. We'll 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 gut out, man. It's the the final hurrah for twenty twenty two, at least in in Lincoln. Well, uh, you could say Iowa and Minnesota, but with a total yeah. set at thirty one, I'm not sure you can really call that football. It's, or maybe that's the ultimate form of football. Sure, right? I mean, it's just in blood. November in the Big Ten West. That's football, man. It is. You got to roll your sleeves up and not be afraid of a wind chill. Mitch, enlighten me and uh, our listeners, my friend. What do you believe right now with this coaching search? Boy, that's a loaded question. It changes <laughs> by the hour. I know. I believe. I believe that there's going to be a coach in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> let's see. I believe that I want to hear what Trev Alberts has to say when he talks tomorrow night for the first time and over a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's getting close to making a move on a candidate, maybe a, maybe in position to make a move on a number of candidates. Uh, not a whole lot changed since my story posted today. I encourage people to read that on The Athletic. And that was kind of just a roundup of where things are at. A lot of, a lot of talk this week about Matt Rule. Um, so I covered that quite a bit. You know, he is, seems to be the leading name, but I wouldn't put the odds on him being the next coach at even even 50% if I'm handicapping this thing. Um, I think there's there's a ways to go um, to get to that to get to that point where uh, where he is is would be comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. So. He's going to do his thing. He's, uh, no, not in a rush, not in a hurry to necessarily take a job even this off season because of the money that he's owed. He's in a unique situation mm-hmm. because of the money that he's owed by the Carolina Panthers, in excess of forty million dollars over the next four seasons, and he gets that at least here in this first year without any kind of trouble, whether he's coaching in twenty twenty three or not. He does have to. There's a mitigation clause that requires him to seek work 
um, as a coach. So he's going to have to do that eventually. He won't collect the $40 million, uh, the entirety of it, from, from Carolina. But um, here in this offseason, uh, he, could, he could certainly do some TV. Um, he could continue to look for a job and, and determine that there's not one out there for him, or he could – he could come around and determine that that uh, Nebraska is one that he wants, and I think Nebraska would be um, open to that if they can reach an agreement. And and, and he's certainly not the only name. Uh, there are a number of others I wouldn't overlook. Lance Leipold um, as a as a remaining candidate. He was a candidate on day one, and I think he's still a candidate today. So um, it'll come more into focus. I think it's starting to get that direction, and it'll come more into focus here over the next three to five days, I would say. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Uh, read his story, his coaching search roundup. It's tremendous work, Mitch. And you laid out some of the, maybe the pauses for, for a guy like Matt Rule. If if he's debating whether or not to get back in it. Let's walk down the path of just speculating on Lance Leipold. What, what do you think some of his, what do you think would be a hesitation or two for a guy like Leipold, like Kleiman? Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we kind of played this game last segment, like uh, Aranda, like, I mean, go down the list. I mean, we've seen 48 names. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all going to have their own specific situations, and I wouldn't group them together because they coach in the same conference or right. because they um, – because they, uh, you know, have been connected to this job, or they're similar in age, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, I would, if you want to start with with Leipold, because I think of those three, mm-hmm. he's the one that he's the one that um, is most likely to be involved at this point. And I don't think there's a whole lot of hesitation there. Um, he's in a job right now at Kansas where if he wins six games or five games in a season, you know, he's hailed as, as um, a huge winner. Mm-hmm. And that's the case this season with the Jayhawks sitting at six wins and bowl eligible. This is a banner season for Kansas. And the expectations will rise, but they won't rise to the level that they would in Nebraska um, in, in nearly as short of a time. So, He's in a good spot. It's not the kind of pressure that um, you'll face in Lincoln on day one. Um, but there are plenty of reasons that Nebraska is attractive. That big, giant building that's under construction is one of them. Nebraska's ability to recruit, um, the money that's available in the Big Ten. You know, all of these things are positives. His connection to the state of Nebraska, history coaching um, in, in Lincoln and in Omaha. Um, I think his, his feelings for the University of Nebraska – um, you know, he would be Lance Leipold would be a guy that Mickey Joseph um, would would work for. Um, I don't think that everyone on the on the list for the for Nebraska is necessarily you can necessarily say that about that, that he would at least or at least that he would that Joseph would be as excited about working for as ready to work for um, as Leipold. But I think the two of them would would make a match. Um, based on conversations that I've had. So that's a plus for Nebraska. It's a plus for, uh, for Lance. Um, I do think that there, uh, you may see some, some traction there. I think that one is maybe more realistic than Rule because the parties could come together. There, there wouldn't need to be the same kind of recruiting process from Nebraska to the, um, to the candidate. But 
as of now, um, you know, I, I don't believe that they're, you know, sitting down and hashing things out. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not to that point. Um, you can try to dissect and de- determine why that might be. And, uh, you know, then you get into some, into some real speculation. So, Again, I'd, I'd say be patient, and um, it probably won't be much longer before we have clarity. Um, you know, that's Lance's situation. When it comes to climbing and Aranda, you know, I don't feel I don't feel good about either one of those guys um, being the being the choice. Um, climbing, I think, is is very happy where he's at, working for Gene Taylor at at Kansas State. And um, I think he's at a point in his career where he wants to stay there and he knows he can win and he's competing for a Big 12 championship this year. Um, Aranda is a guy who is going to be coveted by schools that have openings in any conference. Um, He can be picky, much like Matt Rule can be picky. And um, I do think that there has been some interest, but... Um, as of right now, and these things tend to change by the hour, it's, it doesn't appear to be at a place where anything's imminent with him. Mitch Sherman's with us here. Check out his new story on The Athletic about the Husker coaching search. That's what we're talking here. And Mitch, what's your read on, on Trev going after a, a sitting college football head coach right now? It's a, it's a fine line you have to walk as an AD where you need to go figure out what a guy's interest level is, but you also don't want to step on any toes and bother a guy while he's in the midst of a, of a mm-hmm. season that's ongoing. So what's your read there? Is is Trev, I don't want to say kicking the tires there because I can assume that he is, but what what is mm-hmm. his process there for, for reaching out and talking to, to sitting head coaches? Is that something he has done already or, or what's going on behind the scenes yeah. from what you can get a read on? Yeah, early in the process, you know, you you tiptoe around that kind of stuff and there's not a lot of conversations that happen in some way. It depends on the head coach again. Um, but with certainly with some head coaches there, there are that they just won't have conversations about um, the off season ahead. They won't have conversations about job moves when they're in the midst of, of coaching a, a season. But that's September and October talk. It's November fifteenth, and we're at a point where all coaches, whether they admit it or not, if they have designs on moving, are starting to think about that and have conversations and they don't necessarily need to have direct talk with the AD. Um, I think we're very close to a point, if not at a point where those things do happen, even for the coaches who say that they don't. Um, but up, up until now, or up until very recently, they go through agents, um, they go through inter- intermediaries. Um, you know, there, there isn't a lot of opportunity to meet face to face, um, just for, confidentiality purposes and, and job security and, and and really it's in the best interest of both parties to not do much of that when you're talking about a sitting head coach that's why you use a search firm because they can help out with those things and and you know the search firm csa that nebraska is using is by no means uh in charge of identifying who the the top choices are for trev alberts that's that's his determination along with ted carter and you know others who are in, in directly involved in this thing but, um, you know, they definitely, CSA definitely helps um, with what you're talking about there, Elijah, just the, uh, the, the, the kind of um, difficulty that, that, that difficulties that exist when you're talking with a, um, a sitting head coach. And really that's where, you know, there are some candidates this year. We've talked about Rule. Um, 
you know, there are other names that have been involved in this thing or, or have been mentioned in this thing that, that are where you're talking about guys who are not currently head coaches um, or even coaching in college. But uh, most of the of the, the talent pool, um, most of the potential candidates are in that position where they are coaching teams. And there's not going to be any kind of an announcement made on any of those guys until their their regular seasons are over. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Tremendous work here with the coaching search and, of course, uh, Nebraska coverage. Mitch, about 30 seconds. What else is happening with you and in, in The Athletic, bud? Continue to uh, follow this story. And I will have something on Bill Bush that I think people are going to want to read and um, his journey in, in coaching and in life and – in getting to this place at Nebraska, which is, you know, it's, bitter, it's a bittersweet moment for, for Bill and Laura, um, his wife, uh, to be here and, and be in this defensive coordinator position at the school that he's always had great passion for and that she's had great passion for. Um, you know, they, they were married in, in 2019 um, and, uh, you know, have, have found this place. And, and here we are um, at the end of this season. And, and you know, the future is is murky um, as far as, as his coaching um, goes, but certainly not has, has, has never been in a better place with, uh, you know, where he's at in his life. So, you know, people are going to want to read that. Um, hopefully if, uh, you know, there's not a hire made in the next 48 hours, it'll be up on our site by Friday. That'll be good. Well, Bush has done a great job. Mitch, awesome work. Thanks for the time and the insight as always. Okay. Thanks a lot. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us. Good stuff from Mitch. Hail Varsity continues. We are presented by your friends at Currency.